0: i lie there not talking not asking her what's wrong she slams some things around on her desk and finally announces accusingly that she's failing history i don't tell her that things will be all right it would take too much effort thanks so much for your concern she snaps i stare at the web she kicks the rickety bedpost rocking my bunk You need to get up, she rages at me. Get out of bed for a change. It's the middle of the afternoon. Do something. Stop moping around. I tell her, quietly, eyes locked on the cobweb, that she needs to mind her own fucking business. Chapel attendance is mandatory except on Wednesdays. There are work-study students posted in the balcony with seating charts to keep track of who shows up and who doesn't. When I haven't been to a service in a month, the dean of women calls my sister into her office. Sue relays the dean's concerns to mom and dad, who call me to talk about getting some counseling. I agree to meet with the Christian social worker the dean has recommended. I always try to do what my parents ask. I want to be the pleasant, cooperative girl they raised me to be, the girl who stirs no wake. I want to fix things, meet needs, make people love me, but it feels like I've broken too many rules, cut too many ties to expect that much. I point Sue's car straight north of campus, past the truck dealership, the high school, the chicken place, the burger place, the U-Haul, the Jewel Osco. Peggy's office is on the right, a brick office building, not to be confused with the brick bank or the brick Methodist church. I dislike her immediately, her smoothly quaffed hair her tailored tweeds and heathered sweaters, her trim calves zippered into leather boots. She glances repeatedly from my composed face to the untouched box of Kleenex at my elbow. It's been a long time since I've cried, but I won't give her the satisfaction of unleashing my tears. After a few sessions, she points out that I'm always wearing scarves. My favorite is a patchouli-soaked Palestinian keffiyeh I ordered from the back of Rolling Stone magazine. She informs me that a scarf is a symbolic barricade between the heart and the head. What a joke. I can't wait to tell my friends. I don't sleep much. I take late-night walks to a playground where I pump hard on a swing. The chains loosen for an instant at the top of each arc, then jerk me backwards into the descent. When there are stars, I pick a point between two and aim my feet there, willing myself to disappear. When I doze, I dream some variation of the same thing. I'm being chased through a dark house. Sometimes in the dream, I find the door and escape, but when I run into the street, I am hit by a car, the warm metallic taste of blood rising in my mouth. I lose track of my parts, gone numb for days at a time. I can't taste... I can't hear birds or footsteps or my own breath. Other days, my ears ring, and a shrill panic knifes high in my chest. Instead of studying, which doesn't hold my focus for more than a few minutes at a time, I hide in the music library where Sue used to work part-time shelving albums. Listening to LPs through a foam headset, I invent romantic fantasies or plot revenge against people who are glossy and healthy and whose skin isn't so tightly stretched across their skulls. Peggy announces that I am mildly schizophrenic. She doesn't explain what this means. Instead, she sends me off for winter break with an assignment. I am to gather my family for a candid conversation about the airplane crash. Everyone should be encouraged to share their feelings about what happened. She recommends enlisting a family friend or pastor to act as moderator. I tell her that, as a rule, New England Yankees, we descendants of Puritans, tend not to share our feelings. But Peggy has faith in us. She believes if we come together, we'll find a way to open up. God will guide us to unburden ourselves. Although I'm skeptical, this scenario is tantalizing. I imagine being pulled again from the carcass of the airplane, this time into the embrace of my family. On the day of the big meeting, we gather in the living room. My brother Ted has come to guide the discussion. We arrange ourselves on the sofa and chairs with plenty of space between us.